Hey, Jeff, it's good to be back. So this week we'll be talking about EVs, electric vehicles. Um, so Jeff, I'll start with this. Would you ever own an electric vehicle? It's a good place to start. Um, you know, first off, definitely. But what's, what's really funny is that, so, so I'm in uh, Birmingham right now. If you look around, there is not a single EV in sight. You know, the only person that I've seen drive a Tesla around here is our CEO. And, you know, he's, he's a hundred millionaire, so he can afford that, right? But uh, it's very different from, you know, if you're on the West Coast or in San Francisco or something like that, where you just walk around and there's, you know, there's lots of EVs, right? You see people driving Teslas all the time. Um, so it makes me wonder. I don't think I would fit in if I did own an electric vehicle here. Yeah, so that, that brings an interesting point. What do you, where do you think the disparity comes from? Is it a cultural thing between the coast and say somewhere like Alabama, or is it more of a economic or financial um, reason behind, behind owning EVs? That's interesting. Uh, I kind of wonder what your thoughts are too. I suspect a bit of both, you know, maybe a cop-out answer, right? But you know, right now EVs still, you're paying a, a premium to get something special. So they're, they are a little bit more expensive. So that's probably part of it. Um, and the other thing is, you know, if you see people around you, you're probably more likely to buy one as well. So maybe from a cultural point of view, uh, what, do, what do you think? No, I, I totally agree. I, there's two dimensions and they both contribute to it. Um, I, th I think another part is, you know, infrastructure in general, right? Like, California just happened to be very early on the EV infrastructure game. So there's a lot of charging right. stations there versus if you buy a Tesla in Birmingham, it might be more of a pain to, to charge a car, find, find a place to charge. Um, but you know, this, this might play into culture if you want to call it politics as well. Um, in general, in the United States, blue States tend to be more EV friendly and you see more public funding going into electric charging stations and charging stations and like parking lots and whatnot as well. So that, right. that, that, that probably contributes to it. Um, I just wonder, right. Like culturally, if um, you, you, you gave someone just a hundred thousand dollars to go buy a car, uh, would one segment of the population, you know, always go for a Tesla versus would another segment go just, you know, for, for a traditional um, fuel based car. Right. Um, that, that's really interesting. I think that that might be true. You know, I was kind of digging around to see what types of people buy electric vehicles. And, you know, you see a lot more millennials or people in our generation, Gen Z folks talk about how like they're more likely to want to buy an electric vehicle, or at least like they're considering it. Uh, whereas, you know, people in older generations, it's just a lower proportion of people are even considering electric EVs at all. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to say like, if you gave me $100,000 right now, I don't know if I would buy a Tesla. I need to think about like, you know, is there is that actually convenient to, to do? Um, you know, just one thing, they're actually setting up a charging station at the building where I work at, um, which seems nice for that one person who, you know, drives an EV here, which I think is kind of funny. But I think he also owns the building. So I guess maybe that's why that's happening. But it, it's like the first charging station I've seen or, or noticed rather. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it, it makes me wonder, and, and that would be my guess too, that millennials and Gen Zers, if they're able to drive, are more likely to buy and like EVs. 
And I, you know, I, I wonder if that's because people think EVs are cool in that generation, or if the younger generations in general, like care more about the environment, like mm-hmm. what, 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 what do you think is the reason why EVs are more popular with, with younger generations versus older ones? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I think part of it might be with what you're saying about the environment Part of it might be like, you know, younger people, they, some of them grew up with this type of technology out. Some of them, you know, it's easier to adjust or, you know, think about new tech when you're younger. So that, that might also be part of it. Um, but what I did find really interesting is that like, even though younger people say they would buy EVs more, I think if I remember correctly, most, the majority of EVs are actually not owned by millennials and Gen Zers. And I think it just comes down to like a price thing, right? Like, even though, you know, you could say like, oh, we're more willing to buy them at this point in time, you know, just like by nature of paying a little bit more for these, for EVs, right? That's, that's not the case right now. Yeah, no, I, I think EVs in general are definitely more expensive um, than, than, than traditional cars and price point, but you know, hopefully it goes down over time and you start seeing companies like Tesla start releasing lower cost models too, right? Like I remember yeah, when- Yeah, said uh... I'm oh, sorry, go, uh, go Go ahead. No, Elon said by 2023, they'll have a 25K Tesla, $25,000. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you believe that? Maybe, right? I mean, it, he's, he's very optimistic, but he seems like he gets it done, so I wouldn't be put it past him. I guess so. He, he, he slashes the price on his other models, too. And, you know, funny, he always slashes it to, like, a funny price. Like, I remember, <laughs> I think, to undercut Lucid Motors or something. He cut the price of a a model Model X down to sixty nine four twenty, which you know <laughs> is just a meme guy. Which brings me to my next point: Do you think, like, how much impact do you think Tesla as a brand has had on the popularity uh, of of EVs and you know even maybe the the pace of growth for it as well? You know. Yeah, I think right now, uh, perhaps. It's just like the type of people we're surrounded by or, you know, the, the type of information we're getting from the news or social media or whatever it is, you know, there's this connection between EVs and Tesla and Elon Musk that like, it's really impossible to separate. You know, when people talk about EVs, they're almost always talking about Teslas, you know, they're not talking about something that BMW is making or They're not talking about Rivian's new vehicle. It's like, they're, they're talking about Elon Musk. Um, so you know, in a positive sense, right? You could you could argue that Musk has really popularized, you know, EVs. You know, he's got like a Cybertruck, and everyone was talking about that for a long time, right? He just like is a character in the media. Um, and sometimes I wonder, like, okay, like, is his public image going to affect like people's likelihood of buying an EV? You know, but it's it's kind of hard to say, right? Because they're they're seeing continuous growth despite the COVID you know, pandemic. So, you know, a bit unclear. Yeah, I, I think what Elon did well with Tesla is that he really made, he was the first one to make EVs sexy. As in, mm-hmm. before Tesla, there were companies that had EVs, and not only were they expensive, they were really ugly. Like, they look like blocks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like it, only the most ardent environmentalist supporters would buy EVs or, you know, just people who jumped on tech trends. Right. But when, when Tesla came out, and especially with the Model X, um, people were like, wow, this is a good-looking car. Um, and, and, and not only is it good-looking, 
Tesla shifted the paradigm of making cars too, um, especially mm-hmm. the, the paradigm from the emphasis on hardware to software, right? They were the first ones to replace that entire central part of your car to a giant iPad, basically, like it's a dashboard. <laughs> and all the functionalities that come out of that are updated through firmware updates over, over the internet, right? Right. So they were able to implement a lot of very exciting technologies um, um, in, in, into their models very quickly, which now uh, every EV brand or even you know traditional car makers start copying now too, which is really interesting. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, just anecdotally, I remember you know one of my friends' parents owns a Tesla, and he was like, "Oh, like we've got you know just got karaoke on her." Tesla. I'm like, that's so silly, you know, <laughs> but it's just funny that all these like little features and the fact that you can update them a lot faster, you know, it's, it's, it's a cell that like really reaches some people, you know, it might tip them over the edge, right? Convince them that all these little marginal benefits added up, make it worth it. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is that software is actually an area that traditional car manufacturers are finding out they're, they're quite lacking in actually. Because um, I, I remember reading an article when uh, Volkswagen started churning out uh, their new you know, sort of consumer type models, right? I think it was like the ID three and four. Uh, people thought this would be the Tesla killer. Like they were like, "Oh, if Volkswagen is full sending EV car manufacturing, then Tesla's dead, right?" Well, it turns out when the ID three came out, the software was terrible. People <laughs> couldn't get their dashboards to work, and it was just in a, a, a horrible user experience. And Tesla basically laughed at them. They were like, you thought you could outcompete us, but you can't. And look at you, 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 you think you're such a hot shot, right? So it, it's super interesting that, yeah, like um, traditional car manufacturers have to learn the hard way that things are changing in the car industry and that you, you, you can't just beat out uh, Tesla in, 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 in the traditional sense of experience, you know? Definitely. You know, I'm curious then, what do you think will happen in, you know, 2021 or like the next five or 10 years with both traditional car manufacturers, but also Tesla and some up and coming competitors of theirs? You know, what's the, what's the industry going to look like in a few years? Yeah, I mean, I think EVs are still going to see an upward trend uh, in general. Uh, I, I think unfortunately in like 2019, 2020, uh, sales went down or, you know, growth mm-hmm. went down just because of COVID I'm assuming. Yeah, um, yeah. and you know, I, countries are all poor right now, so, you know, they can't afford, uh, subsidies, which has driven a lot of EV sales in the past. But, you know, when you see the trend in terms of new models and development, R and D spending, um, traditional car manufacturers and, uh, EV startups have poured a lot of money into this industry. And so, you, you know, you, you see brands like, uh, Audi, Volkswagen, um, some Japanese car manufacturers as well. They all have EV models now because they know this is the future more or less. And, you know, the EV market is really tied to uh, climate change policy as well, right? Mm-hmm. So as uh, mostly Western nations and even like China, which which is a whole nother beast, you know, we can tackle later, um, start to roll out more renewable energy policies and, 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 and climate change policies, uh, EVs are going to be an integral part of hitting that target, right? Right. Yeah. You know, kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I suspect that 
you know, don't, don't quote me on this, but Alabama probably has fewer incentives for people to own, you know, electric vehicles than just, you know, that, that might explain part of the reason why we're seeing so few around here. Um, something else that I thought was really interesting is that we're finally seeing a lot more, you call it diversity, but like different types of cars, you know, we've got like an electric Hummer coming up, electric pickup trucks, you know, more SUVs, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, there's no way of knowing for sure, but, you know, a lot of people aren't looking to buy sedans, right? It's just that simple. So maybe that'll help drive growth as well. Yeah. Um, definitely in Alabama, I think there's a lack of incentives in a, in a lot of regards, right? I think you mentioned social incentives. Are your friends buying it? I don't know about state tax credits, but Alabama would kind of be one of the last states I expect to have tax credits around this. Um, yeah, I'm not sure, but infrastructural yeah, incentive, et cetera, et cetera. But so you're, you're totally right. It's like you need sort of an entire ecosystem to support mass adoption of it. And so that's why, you know, I, I think the larger percentage of, of uh, EV ownership in countries is in nations like Norway or Scandinavia, where it's population as small as it is, the rich countries that can subsidize this type of thing and they can quickly build up a public infrastructure around it as well, right? Yeah, uh, I remember <laughs> I mentioned that our, our CEO, uh, you know, drove a Tesla to someone who, you know, is from around here and she met, she was like, oh, well, it's a little bit elitist, right? Uh, I thought that was interesting, you know, that even that like a little cultural piece that you, you, know, you, don't, you don't really measure, right? It's not an infrastructure problem. It's just like, that's just something that people think about. Um, so yeah that, that's totally fair i mean i i can totally understand why because tesla came out you know as luxury models like the the model mm -hmm. x is anywhere from 80 to one hundred twenty thousand dollars, right like that's that's very expensive right. um and i i know they released cheaper models and they're aiming for even cheaper to to really hit that mass market but i i wonder just from a brand perspective, will people always associate Tesla with luxury? Or do you think that can change if they one day manufacture that $25,000 model? Yeah, uh, you know, I feel like this question is not, you know, just limited to, to EVs, but like changing brand overall, seems like it's just very challenging to do, right? Like, obviously, I, I can see the business you know, pitch for why you try a luxury product first and then you figure out how to, how to produce it cheaper, you know, and since you've already got this brand, like you, you get other people to buy in as well, um, you know, not just the early adopters. So, so it does make sense, like why they would adopt this approach, you know, perhaps it wasn't even possible to make like a cheaper EV at first when they were first setting up their supply chain, right? But changing your brand, is just like really hard to do, you know? Uh, I honestly don't don't know if it's possible. You know, people have kind of already associated Elon Musk and Tesla with this idea in their head, and like for for better or worse, like those are just very. Some people just like don't like Elon Musk, you know, and that's not something that's you know, you're never going to change those people's minds. So it seems I I would suspect that that's like not something that'll change anytime soon. But at the very least, you know, if they reach like a more affordable price range, some people will buy. But I don't think he'll reach everyone ever. Yeah, you know, one one thing I wonder is if Tesla starts releasing twenty five hundred thousand uh, dollar, twenty five thousand dollar models, 
will that drive away people who used to see Tesla as this luxury exclusive uh, brand, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, car companies aren't limited to a certain range. I mean, for example, you know, Toyota manufactures Toyotas and uh, the Lexus mark, but, mm -hmm. but that's the thing, right? They brand differently for different price points. I wonder if Tesla expanded into uh, more mass market models, will they start um, differentiating into, into separate marks, uh, which is like ba right. basically separate brands. Like they'll have like a luxury Tesla um, brand versus a, a, a consumer market brand. That, that would make a lot of sense. You know, to be honest, I didn't even know that Lexus uh, was owned by the same company, right? Like they feel to me, they, they feel like distinct brands and it seems like an effective model. Uh, I wonder if it's a bit late because, you know, Elon Musk is big enough as like a media personality that even if he starts something new, right? It's like people already know, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, another really interesting about EVs, um, not just from a consumer perspective, is the political perspective of it. So especially now that tensions between China and the U.S. are running high, um, China has a lot of these strategic technologies that they want to uh, increase uh, re research in and, and become a leader in, right? And EVs is uh, included in this set. And so for China, driving adoption of its own EVs with its own population, but also abroad is a strategic initiative for them. So I, I really wonder if, you know, the U.S. and Europe are, are, are nervous about buying Chinese EV just from the point of, of not wanting them to capture a global market there. You know, it, it, it's very interesting politics there. Yeah, maybe we'll see, you know, more economic incentives come out from the federal government, you know, as a result of growth in the Chinese, growth from Chinese car manufacturers. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, and from a consumer perspective, you know, some people were scared of downloading TikTok because, you know, they were like, oh, the Chinese government will get our data. I don't know if that's enough of a barrier to, you know, you know, say, say the say the price ranges are slightly more appealing to consumers. You know, I don't know if that type of fear is enough. Um, but you know, if that does happen, I I would think the U.S. government or you know European governments would probably do something with their price subsidies to, you know, just help U.S. companies compete. Yeah. So I I wonder if they would subsidize U.S. or Western companies over Chinese companies. You know, it's like if you imported mm -hmm. Chinese EVs, there's just they're, for some reason, they'll just be like, oh, uh, environmental tax credits don't apply to this. You have to buy Tesla <laughs> or you have to buy Rivian in order to, to, to get, get that credit. Yeah, I mean, that's not that surprising to me, right? I mean, the auto industry, especially, you know, with these big manufacturers in Detroit, at least have some influence over the government. And they're definitely going to be lobbying to say like, oh, well, you know, even, even just like gas cars, right? You've got like the policies in place already. So that's something that's not surprising to me. Yeah, no, for sure. So do you, do you think we'll see a day where EVs become the majority of the car market? Oh. And like, how that's, fast do you think we'll get there? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, 
to me, it feels a bit like speculation, right, from my end. I think I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it in our lifetime. And based on the rate of growth, like, probably it would happen in our lifetime. Yeah. But, you know, you, there's just no way for knowing for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, <laughs> I wonder what the implications of that trend will be for a lot of different industries as well. For example, take energy right? Like mm-hmm. Shell, BP, they depend a lot on the fact that our oil consumption is insane, right? But if the trend is, of EVs is not stopping, are they going to have to pivot in their technologies? Like, I, I, just, I just, I wonder what they're going to do. Like, is BP going to start doing renewables now? Or are they start going to make making batteries? Like, what do you think will happen there? <laughs> you know, there's some crazy, like, geopolitical consequences right of evs like not just the bps of the world having to diversify you know beyond just like oh we're we're now doing natural gas you know right beyond beyond just that uh but it might reach the point where uh you know where the united states is like less dependent on saudi arabia you know as as a strategic ally or you know maybe growth in the chinese market gives them more geopolitical sway so taiwan situation becomes more tenuous right there's just there's so much like crazy potential in the future, you know, positive and negative, uh, you know, that'll come with electrical vehicles, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. Uh, because, you know, oil, oil is only mass produced in so many parts of the world right now. And like you said, from a geopolitical perspective, a lot of nations right now are vulnerable because if they were ever going to like a like a war situation, right? If 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 their enemy cuts off their their shipping um, supply of, of oil, like say the U.S. did to Japan back in World War II, they're they're screwed. They're at they're at a very big disadvantage. So I wonder right. if shifting your national reliance on oil to just uh, yeah, I don't know, electricity based will really help. Um, with with sort of self reliance, if that if that makes sense. But then again, you know, just electricity production in itself is is sometimes reliant on things like natural gas and oil. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's 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 a double thing, right? It's like not only does your car market have to go towards EVs, your electricity production in general has to move towards renewables, um, best generated in your own country. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe it's just the cost thing right it's like once countries figure out oh at a certain point it's cheaper to bring in renewables or it's cheaper to ship to natural gas instead of coal and coal and petroleum right uh, you know then we'll then we'll see more growth in electric vehicles and maybe even then right it's still another cost question like if evs are cheaper and less inconvenient than how they are now like maybe that'll convince people to switch over yeah, and, and battery tech has a long way to go too. Uh, I was just thinking in a lot of colder countries, because mm-hmm. batteries drain so much faster in the winter, you know, that's an issue for, for people who have to drive long distances as well, right? You know, Tesla right. might market, oh, our battery has a range of 350 miles or whatnot. But then, you know, you go to Minnesota and you're just stuck at like 150 every day or every charge and and that's that's not great so yeah we'll we'll see what advancements in battery technology kind of happen in the next 10 years to address a lot of these 
outstanding issues. I think sooner rather than later. I mean, people were skeptical about Elon Musk's claim about, you know, a cheaper Tesla precisely because of the battery, which is like so expensive. Um, but, if, you know, if we get to the point where we've got cheaper, more effective batteries, which it seems like we're on track for, right? Maybe, maybe our assumptions will totally change. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, you know, to address that question of, whether we'll see EVs take over the world one day, right? I do imagine you know, 30 years from now, we'll be gathering with our friends. And then if we're driving cars at all, most of us will be <laughs> driving some form of EV. You know, whether that's Tesla as the market leader or not, that's hard to say. Um, so do, you, do you think we'll shame the one person who doesn't drive an EV then? <laughs> I, I kind of think so. Or, or, or just like gas-powered vehicles will become like a novelty almost um but i mean i I think you know because our generation is so scarred by climate change and right yeah right now the implications of climate change i think 30 years down the line if we're not all kind of screwed anyways um doing driving things (laughs) or using things that are harmful to the environment and made us go through uh this process in the first place, I think will be shunned upon, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when are you going to buy your first EV then? When I have enough money to buy an EV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we yeah. go. That's... And, 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 and if I need a car, right? I, the, the issue with America, and this is a whole other topic, is that, uh, you know, the infrastructure, the public infrastructure here for public transportation is not as good as other countries, in my opinion. So I would first like to see, for example, electric trains being built or electric subways. And then we can talk about if, you know, I live in the suburbs one day for some reason, then I'll buy a, buy a, buy electric vehicle. Sounds like a nice, uh, rosy view of the future, right? Like that white picket fence, the Tesla in the garage, you know, beautiful. Yeah, well, I mean, better to think that than some Hunger Game scenario. So, okay, all right. Well, it was great talking to you again, Jeff. Um, learned a lot about EVs, and uh, until next time. Yeah, excited to see uh, what comes next.